Good afternoon and welcome to Mediascope, the programme for and about the public relations, event management and journalism industries. I'm Ellen Gunning from the Irish Academy of Public Relations and you're very welcome to the programme. Now on this week's show I'm chatting with Sonia Lennon, fashion designer, broadcaster, tech entrepreneur and one of the founders of Lyft Ireland. Sonia, thanks so much for taking my call. Hi, Alan. How are you? Asher, I'm not bad at all. <laughs> Come here. I want to pick your brains about Lyft because it yes. stands for L-I-F-T, Leading Ireland's Future Together. And you're all about increasing the level of positive leadership in Ireland, which sounds like mom and apple pie. So tell me what you really do. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really interesting because that's one of the first things that was said to us um, by an economist, actually, which is kind of interesting. But you know, the fact is that um, business is increasingly being driven to ethical practice. Um, and this is about um, ethical leadership and character-based leader- leadership. And it's, I suppose, you know, with your uh, PR hat on, you'll understand that um, where Ireland sits on the Edelman Trust barometer year on year is pretty grim. Uh-huh. So we're right down the bottom of the 26 country review in terms of trust. So as a nation, we really struggle in trusting our government, in trusting our media, in trusting um, our institutions and our church. So I suppose we, we looked at it um, in terms of well, what can be done around that. So what can increase the levels of trust in leadership? And I suppose it's important to say that, um, you know, if, if people around us listen to us and are influenced by what we say, we're leading them. So this doesn't, just isn't about positional leadership. Lift is an opportunity for everybody to increase their own levels of how they lead themselves and others around them. So how do you actually find people that you interact with and influence them? <laughs> well, to be honest, Alan, they're finding us. Uh, one of the extraordinary things about Lift is that we, we started in 2018 um, with about 25 corporate partners who gave us the, the financial fuel to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're in 140 secondary schools. We launched in NUIG last month. Um, 17,000 people have been through the Lyft roundtable process since we began. And, you know, uh, COVID is one of those things that is most definitely a crisis and in every crisis lies an opportunity. So within the first week, um, at the request of one of our corporate partners, uh, we brought Lyft online. And so a roundtable, just to explain, it's, it's very hard to explain without actually going through it, but it's, it's four or five people who, who sit together and who uh, read about the characteristics and attributes of, of a value of good leadership. So it could be respect, it could be um, accountability, it could be competence, um, any number of values that have been identified by the, by the Irish public, not by us. We're not saying what the ones are. We went out with two national surveys and asked the Irish people, what are the values that need improvement? And so we, we take about 30 to 40 minutes to reflect on those values and how we live them in our day-to-day lives. And where do you find your 17,000 people from? Do they apply to you from, like, are they, is it individuals? Is it companies? Is it just people who have an interest in being better leaders themselves? It's one of the things that we're most proud of about Lyft is that it is literally the most inclusive and democratic process. So if if you are one of our partner companies, um, which could be, you know, anything from our national banks to uh, the DAA to, to Munster Rugby to a school or a university, um, you have access to the materials through 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 them. Um, if you're, we are also rolling our um, our process out to non-profits 
for free. So if you're a non-profit organisation or a community group, we can give you free access to the materials. But if you're a member of the public and you just like the idea of, of what we're doing, you can just jump on to liftireland.ie and sign up for um, uh, a roundtable. Um, we have about about a 1,000 people joining us for roundtables every week through the schedule that we have going. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I facilitate one myself. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just the most extraordinary thing because I think one of the things that we've noticed is that people are running to standstill right now. So, so the, the, the luxury of being able to take 30 or 40 minutes out to think, to think about who you are, how you lead, how you can improve. Um, and every part of the process is grounded in... Um, in uh, positive psychology and, and scientific research around behavioural psychology. So this stuff works. It really helps us to be better by, by tiny increments. And how do people, I'm fascinated by this, I have to tell you, how do people actually decide? I mean, it's one of those things that somebody says, would you like to become a better leader? Mm. You instantly think, do I think I'm a good leader right now? Actually, I think I am. But there must be other stuff that I don't know that I could be learning, that I could be incorporating. So how do, Let what kind of mix really of people? Really yeah, simple example. So to, to, to your point about the mix of people, it could be anybody. Like it really could be anybody from a boardroom table to a government department uh, to to um, a transition year student and everybody in between. So it, it really is open to everybody. But in terms of what can what can be achieved, now this is a super simple um, example. Mm-hmm. So one of the values is listening. Um, we are, for the most part, terrible listeners. <laughs> um, and, and the first time I did the listening roundtable, um, I asked myself, how has my listening been? And I, I thought about the meeting that I'd just come from, where I had been multitasking. I'd been, I'd been communicating with two people during the same meeting. So I'd been on a screen and I'd been drafting an email. Now, it's, it's pretty, pretty difficult to listen at the best of times. But if you're doing two things at once, it's nigh on impossible. And in that moment, I thought, well, I, if I really care about listening and hearing the other person, and let's face it, it's one of, one of the things that we all want as humans is to be heard and understood. <laughs> so to commit to only one communication at a time makes me a better listener. Um, but listening, but I, listening I, I very often... Um, Sonia, is listening, it's leaving a gap in order to make the next point at a meeting. So if you're not distracted doing a, an email, which probably means that the meeting isn't all that exciting anyway. But if <laughs> but if you're really in there and you're like battling for something, you're probably not actually listening. You're leaving a gap and thinking as soon as they're finished, I'll come back with X. So how do you teach people to be good listeners, to actually actively listen? It's It's about... So, so you have that awareness. A lot of people haven't even come to that yet. Um, and it's about tiny incremental changes. So you make a commitment week on week. What, what behavior am I going to tweak? Not something big like I'm going to be a better listener, but I am not going to text and send an email at the same time. I'm not going to be in a meeting and text at the same time. Oh, clever. So it's almost like a seven-step process or something, but yeah, it's, it's it's one small little incremental change. And when you exactly. start not to do that, you start on the next thing that you shouldn't be doing either. That's exactly it. And it's not linear, right? So you have good good days and bad mm. days, good weeks and bad weeks. And I think the thing about the process is that you're not... Um, so if, if I was to say to you, are you an empathetic person? You would probably say... Yes, I am. I'm emotionally intelligent and I feel I'm very empathetic. But if I were to ask you, how has your empathy been in the last two to three days? You'd probably say, well, actually, there was that time 
where, you know, I, I didn't take the time to understand where somebody else was coming from. So it's not a whole life evaluation. It's a personal audit. Um, and it, it's completely non-judgmental. So nobody's going to tell you you're wrong or you're right. This is about your relationship with you. So how then, this, this is like the impossible mm-hmm. $50 million question. How on earth do you gauge success? So you've, I get entirely where you're coming from, that you get people together and you just expose them to different ideas or to different um, tools that they should be using or to different ways of approaching their leadership. Yeah. But how do you actually know that you've made any impact at all other than for 30 minutes people really engaged and maybe took something away? Can you evaluate it? Can you put a statistic yeah. on it? So so we're really, really um, passionate about tracking that evaluation. So we, we we do it on three levels. So we do it on the individual level through feedback um, at, at, at the beginning of the process. At, and it, it's really tricky, you know, because um, if, if you were to ask somebody before they do the process, how, how good are you at listening? They'd probably say, I'm great. Mm. And then after they do the first one, they realize, well... Well, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> so, so it's tricky, right? But we do, um, we do uh, feedback surveys to kind of gauge that um, throughout the process. That's the individual level. On an organizational level, we work with the organizations that we're in to track um, to, to track all sorts of things in terms of those values of leadership being enacted within the organization and are they increasing. And then importantly, we're actually working with um, a research department in NUIG to track the, the societal change over the 10 years of our mission. That's um, a big task, isn't it? Math, oh, math. I, I love your ambition. Change yeah. society. Well, the, look, these uh, chicks the don't mess this, around. No, no. <laughs> the mission of this is to get 10% of the population through the lift process in 10 years. And if we do that, we can change the discourse around leadership and we can create a tipping point for change. Yeah, 10% is substantial. You will actually have people starting to apply the kind of processes that they've been involved in talking to you about. And what about when you're choosing, um, because one of the earliest things I suppose that you want to do is capture young minds who haven't Mm -hmm. yet begun uh, a sort of a a leadership in a, a business sense or in a college sense, but who are probably displaying leadership qualities anyway in school. Mm. When you look at the, you said 140 secondary schools, mm. do you go in at TY level? Do you go into like business organisation classes at um, leaving cert level? Where where do you go in? Yeah, at, at what so stage? we go in at a number of different points. So we, we as much as possible, try and... Um, uh, embed us in the staff room first um, and then the TY uh, classes are trained to deliver the materials to the second years. Oh, super smart. Yeah. yeah. So then the second years come up and deliver it back when they become fourth years. Um, so it's, it's, it's cyclical and, and we've kind of mapped out the ideal scenario is that, um, you know, you start in your school as a second year, you're exposed to the materials, you then deliver them back in fourth year. You then go to a university where LIFT is embedded as, as a process to improve your leadership. You then leave university and you end up in an organisation that has LIFT as part of its intake programme. So at, at, at all these different touch points, ultimately, you're, you're deeper and deeper embedding these, these values of good leadership. It's a heck of a challenge. Tell me something about um, the likes of Davies stockbrokers, right? So you've, mm. you've had Davies recently, massive fine from the central bank, highly unethical behaviour, resignations at the most senior level. Do you not feel like, oh, look, we're just wasting our time? 
Look, I, I think it's situations like that that have us in the bottom quadrant of the Edelman Trust barometer. And it, it, these, are, these are massive um, failings of judgment, failings of leadership. There's, there's no doubt about that. There's nothing and among a huge number of people, Sonia. It is. It is. But I think what's interesting when you look at, um, you know, the rise of ethical leadership, the rise of the UN Sustainable Goals, things are changing and they're changing from the ground because um, we're now dealing with a, a population of a workforce who and consumers, by the way, who who are not going to accept it. So those ideas of kind of ivory tower leadership are crumbling. And, you know, I don't know if you read Dave McWilliams' piece in the Irish Times yesterday that by by 2030, um, over half the world's wealth will be held by women um, if if we keep going the way we're going. And leadership is changing. And and I'm actually currently studying a master's in business, equality, diversity and inclusion. And one of the things that I see coming up is this um, absolute need to to understand emotional intelligence and EQ to, to drive really um, really positive ethical lead, leadership across Actually, the, the whole idea that women will take up more leadership positions changes the dynamic entirely. Let me take a very quick commercial break here and I'll be back to you right after this. You're listening to The Mediascope Show with Ellen Gunning on 103.2 Dublin City FM. Welcome back. I'm chatting with Sonia Lennon from Lift Ireland and we're talking about all things leadership, dynamism, listening well, trying to change the world, trying to create societal change. I suppose one of the things that I'm really conscious of, even if you, to take you back to the, the schools for just a minute, even if you create and embed that sense of good ethical, moral, right leadership. What do you do about the people that we used to say had no backbone? You know, those who are sort of easily led and really it doesn't matter. You can give them all the training you want, but as soon as you say, but you can make money doing this or you can, uh, there's a share option here or you can cut corners on a house building, they'll do it. How do you, how do you affect change in people like that or can you? Do you depend on the people around them to affect the change? So, I think what's really interesting is that we we have a bit of a gap um, in in how we educate our young people. Um, we would have, in times gone by, maybe relied on our church um, to inst- instill a sense of 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 good character, of what is right. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was misguided, and I think you know I, I truly believe that our 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 society through the lens of work is not working right now. So, and I think COVID has really magnified that, that in, in a world where, you know, most, if there are two parents, two parents work, there is a sort of a, um, a parental educational void um, because of how busy people are. People are struggling. It's not sustainable. So, so who, who's teaching our young people the fundamentals of good leadership, good character, when the parents are frazzled and trying to stay alive um, and, and just trying to exist. Um, so I, I think you talk about somebody with no backbone. You know, why has that person got no backbone? Maybe they've never been given the skills to understand what backbone is. And in our accountability uh, roundtable, we talk about the fact that, you know, thousands of years ago, the architect would have to stand under, under the bridge <laughs> to christen it mm-hmm. to make sure it didn't fall down. And that accountability, that sense of, you know, nobody is to blame but me for this. 
and how do I how do I grasp that accountability accountability for my own actions? Um, and and that's what it's a huge is. societal change because that's what we used to all have, um, yeah. and maybe people of a certain age still have, but a younger generation. And it's an interesting point that maybe an older generation got it at home when society was less frazzled and there was yeah. more time and fewer distractions and people didn't live, I suppose, so much in their own particular bubble, which everybody seems to do now. I, I want to take you through, you have a, a series that you've launched, the Better Leadership Forum, and yeah. the, it was comprised of four different lectures. So the first one was Leadership in Media, a two-way okay. street. Yeah. The next one is How Do We Cultivate Good Political Leaders? That's on yeah. Thursday, the 10th of June. Then you have business leadership in October and you've leadership in the public sector in December. Political leaders, you have a massive challenge there. I mean, if you look at political leaders the world over, um, I don't mean this to be a very despairing conversation, but there are some that you can choose and you think they've really got, like Angela Merkel knows exactly what she's at. She's driven, she's passionate, she's clear. She she displays all the good leadership qualities. Um there are others that you look at and you think, dear God, they, they're lost. It's not so much that they're, I mean, that there's corrupt at one end of the scale, but I think most of what we're seeing now is leaders who are just lost and they, they don't know what they should be doing next. And that may be amplified by the pandemic as well. How how are you hoping to cultivate good political leaders? The heck of a challenge. Really, it is, you know, I mean, I'm just at, 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 literally... We to go to another campaign. We launched the Work Equal campaign five years ago, um, focusing initially on the gender pay gap. And at that time, five years ago, um, you know, I was laughed out of Dodge. Um, I, I coined the term "gender pay gap deniers" because people thought I was lying. And now, five years later, we finally see um, the gender pay gap uh, legislation coming to bear. So I think um, some of this is about patience, right? Nothing uh-huh. happens overnight. It's about tenacity but I think the first step to change is awareness and I think if we can bring this discussion around um, political le- leadership um, which has um, courage and um, you know I think if we were to open up a conversation around um, the role of national leadership over party leadership um, and, and I think that's one of the biggest issues in, in our political system is is that the party is more important than the people. Um, and, and, and to open up that conversation and to, to look at uh, compassionate leadership, look at Jacinta Ardern, is, you don't have to look much further to her than her. Super to example. How, how that can make a huge impact. And, and ultimately, you know, ask, how are we leading for our future people as well? There's been so little discussion about the young people in Ireland. Um, what, what if they all decide once they have their qualifications to just fly? But Sonia, what about that raises the whole question of what is leadership? Is it a leader's job to lead the people or is it a leader's job to follow the leadership of the people? Well, I, I, I believe that there's a there's a bit of a um, column A and column B situation there. That I, I think that you look at, um, say, I spoke about consumers driving change within our organisation. Um, in Iceland, we work very closely with um, the Icelandic administration in terms of, um, say, the gender pay gap and leadership. And, mm-hmm. and so in, in Iceland, all products and services have um, a gender kite mark. So if they are gender equal in their practices, um, in their procurement, in their delivery, um, they, they wear a kite mark which says we are gender equal. And that is because, you know, the consumer body now has the power to say, no, 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 no. 
we're not going to accept this anymore. We have the vote and we have the power. And are you seeing, I presume you are, but are you seeing a change then in consumer patterns that people say, actually, they don't have this kite mark. Why would I buy from them? But that's the point. And, and I think people now want not only a list of ingredients on their products and services, they want a list of your, your ethical contribution. And in 10 years time, that's going to be there right beside the ingredients. It's going to be, who are you? What do you do? Who do you serve? And how do you give back? How do you make positive impact in the world around you? And I think that, you know, it's a, it does sound a bit like trying to boil the ocean. But at mm-hmm. the same time, we're a small and agile country. And if we focus first on our own ability to make change and everybody can make change within their own 100 feet. You know, it, this is not about trying to do everything. It's about trying to create change through very, very small incremental pieces. I'm fascinated by the fact that I was talking to somebody recently who said that um, young people is a discussion I've held a few times, uh, but that young people now are looking for, yes, they're looking for work, but they're looking to work for an organisation that actually contributes something to the world. So that in addition to working for you and you paying me, I want to feel that in some way I've left a mark behind me or I haven't damaged the environment or I've I've helped to work towards gender pay, pay equality. You've two other um, series. One is business leadership. And I kind of found myself with business leadership thinking you instinctively know a good business leader you know that they treat their staff with respect they do give something back to the community they're very conscious of ethical standards they don't discriminate either between people of different ethnic backgrounds or men and women Um, but I don't know if you look at them they haven't done the traditional leadership training how do they how do they get to be the sort of people like Jacinda Ardern? You think she just she has it. She, there's right. just th- that backbone or whatever you call it. She just has this ability to say, this is what I think we should do and we're going to do it, which is really good leadership. It's like I'll take the rap for it if I'm wrong as well. Yeah, How, I think that's character. Character. Yeah, it, it may it's well be. And that's something you can't and, and teach. Exactly. Well, no, you, you, you actually can. You actually can because it's about awareness. So, you know, the, these when we look at, you know, what are the attributes of leadership of character, all the, the values that we have listed in the LIFT, Lift program are those attributes. So if you don't understand them, the very best thing that you can do to equip yourself is to learn to understand them. And if you learn to understand them and then apply them, that's an improvement. That's a learning. And what about then within the civil service? Because I was fascinated that your last one is leadership in the public sector. And I suppose I think of leadership in the public sector in a different way. Um, Because what are you thinking of when you think of leadership in the public sector in the first instance? I think leadership is is very, very aligned to culture. It's how things are done around here. Um, And and so, you know, you lead lead your small team um, at the bottom as much as you lead your big team at the top. And all of that is leadership at every level. So, you know, it's a really tough one because it's such a um, it's such a lumbering institution, the public sector. But change is possible. And and we're working very closely, for example, with Solis, who who are in charge of apprenticeships and, and higher education training below university university level. And they've done a massive piece of work in terms of really embedding lift within their organization and changing how they do things and and how everybody leads um, and and i think it's giving people the power to 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 stand up and say well actually we now understand that this is not the way things should be done it would be much better if it was done this way and it's 
But uh, within the public sector, is a big piece of that. Yeah, within the public sector, you have a huge job though, because whatever about in the private sector, you can actually show that better leadership leads to better decisions and it's more cost effective. And you can you can put all those matrices around it that actually make sense from a business point of view within the public sector. It's a different dynamic. So you've got you may have a wonderful um, leadership structure. You may have people with great leadership ability and you have a politician at the top who says, I'm not looking for any of that. I just want you to do what I want you to do. Or you have a, a top-down approach that only gets down so far and stops because you have people who just who don't share the same vision. I think it would be much more difficult within the public sector. It is, but I think you, again, at the risk of, of trying to boil the ocean, you, you, you pick, and, and you, are, you asked earlier on, who, who, how do you get the people? Well, the, the people are coming to us. The, the organisations and the individuals who get it are coming to us. But they, are they um, government departments? Yeah, well, Solis is a government department. Yeah, but have you got more of them or is it just Solis? Do you know what I mean? Is it? Yeah, are you getting like the individuals who come through? Are they civil servants who want to change what they're doing? Well, they, they are coming through. They're coming through as, as, as the programme is being rolled out within those departments. And, and we're working with the Department of Foreign Affairs as well. Um, and and it's, it's happening. They're, they're, we're, we're, they're coming slowly. And, and if, if that becomes the way things are done in that department, and it gives... The main thing that LIFT does is it, it, it provides a language for discussion of these areas. Yeah, and it opens up the possibility for discussion. Um, Sonia Lennon, I have to tell you, there's no better woman to boil the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed that chat. Me too. Thanks, Alan. For anybody with an interest, liftireland.ie. That's it. Perfect. That's all I have for you for this week. If you've information you'd like to share with listeners or you have a good story to tell, drop me an email to mediascope at dublincityfm.ie. And don't forget, you can hear podcasts of this and previous Mediascope programmes on www.irishacademy.ie. I'm Ellen Gunning. Sound this week was by Fergal Daly. My thanks to Sonia Lennon and thanks to you for being with me today. I look forward to the pleasure of your company at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>